Hello and welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here. It is Friday, April 30th. Believe it or not, it's the last day of April. Already one month into the second quarter. So what we're going to do, though, is not worry about months or quarters. We're looking out big time. The roaring 2020s. I ask my people, my followers, their top five stocks for the next 10 years. No matter what, no matter about recessions, pullbacks, bear markets, corrections, the top five stocks you're holding on for the roaring 2020s. I'm going to share the results. I'm going to name some stocks. I'm going to name my top five, maybe even a little bit more. All this and more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Welcome again. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Moneyline. It is April 30th, 2021. Man, I was going through today. I was like, I cannot believe tomorrow is May 1st. Um, a lot of great things I'm thinking. Uh, you know, there's a whole adage on Wall Street, which everybody's already heard many, many times over. And it's uh, sell in May and go away. Well, if you would have sold in May and gone away uh, the last uh, couple of years, it actually wouldn't have been the best move uh, for your portfolio. I'm trying to find, I just saw a stat here the other day going back looking at uh, the old sell in May, if you will. And um, it hasn't been really the best move uh, if, if you do that. Because in reality, uh, that whole sell in May and go away, it kind of made sense back, you know, 50, actually not 50, like 70 or 80 years ago. It was about farming and all different types of reasons why. But if we look back, uh, that May through October timeframe, if you look back 100 years, yes, the May through October does lag November through April. But again, you're, most of the, the poor numbers from May through October happened way back decades ago. So let's just look over the last 10 years. Over the last 10 years, the average return uh, from May through October, that sell in May and go away six month time frame, the average return is a gain of 30, or sorry, 3.8% for the S&P 500. So, you know, obviously average that out, that's looking at what? 7.6%. Um, so a little bit below what you would have for a normal 12 year. So you have that. The other thing is of that time frame of those last 10 years, this is 2011 through 2020. So a 10 year time frame, eight of the 10 times the market's been up. One of the times the market was down is down 0.3%. So let's call that flat. So for the most part, uh, there's only one year it's been down and that was 2011 when the S&P was down 8.1%. Uh, last year, we were up 12.3, year before that, 3.1, 2.4, 8, 2.9, down 0.3, up 7.1, up 10, up 1, and then again, 2011, down 8.1. Uh, so there's no, you know, if, if you look at recent history, sell and go away doesn't, doesn't mean anything. And a lot of times, there's a lot of great rallies uh, during the summer months. Uh, there can be pullbacks as well, don't get me wrong, but there's usually a lot of great rallies during the summer months. So don't just uh, sell and go away because you heard that on TV. Also, folks, if it was that easy to just sell in May, then come back and buy October 31st, boy, <laughs> it would be uh, a market of uh, a lot of people making money uh, or not making money because it's too damn easy. Uh, unfortunately, it's not that easy. Uh, I start starting my next issue of investment opportunities, which goes out next week, uh, with, with uh, three simple words. Um, uh, it is simple. Uh, investing is simple, not it is simple. Investing is simple. And I'm not going to get into that today. I've talked about that in the past. I'll talk about it again in the future. Investing is extremely simple. What it's not is easy. Simple yet not easy. 
quick, 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 I'll, I'll, just to give you an idea for, for new people that haven't heard this yet. Uh, I use the analogy all the time of getting in shape. Getting in shape is really simple. Uh, you eat better and you move, work out. You don't have to be a gym rat, just move every day and you'll get in better, much better shape. You'll most likely live a lot longer if you didn't do that. Uh, so it's simple. It's not easy because getting up and finding time before work, after work, to do this moving, to do this working out is not easy. Um, and it's also not easy to prep your food and eat you know, good clean veggies, whole foods, and not stop by uh, Burger King on the way home for a Whopper because it's easier. Uh, it, it's more convenient, I should say. So getting in shape isn't easy, but it's simple. Investing, making money is not easy, but it's simple. And actually, I didn't plan this, but this is a kind of a nice segue into what our, our main topic is today. It's not easy to hold on to a stock for 10 years because I guarantee you, in that 10-year time, time frame, the best stock in the world will suffer correction after correction, which is a pullback between 10 and 20%. They will suffer individual bear markets. That means pullbacks of over 20%. I've done the history. I've looked at all the best performers. They all run into many corrections, many pullbacks of over 20% over the time to get to the 20, 50, 500x gains over a decade or two. It's just part of investing. So that part's not easy holding on. It's simple that we need to know we need to invest in solid long-term companies that are disrupting industries and that will be the leaders. But again, it's not easy, folks. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But let's take a look at the markets here right now. Uh, let's pull up uh, and take a look here at the, at the full screen. Here's the S&P 500. Um, right now, we're down about a half percent in the S&P 500. We closed at an all-time high yesterday. We're looking at the spies. This is the S&P uh, 500 ETF that tracks it. So down about a half percent right now. But again, one day off an all-time high. Let's take a look at the Qs. This is a NASDAQ 100. It's down about a quarter percent. Uh, not, again, not far from breaking out to an all-time high here as well. Uh, off the lows of the day, near the highs of the day. So we're actually seeing money coming into this, this area. And let's take a look here at IWM. This is a Russell 2000, small mid-cap, down about three-tenths of a percent. Um, but again, remember I talked about this, this area last week. It might have been last Friday or even Tuesday, breaking out of this what we call ascending triangle from a perspective of a uh, technical analysis and um, broke out, consolidating exactly what we're going to see. The next breakout would be above the all-time high from March. If that happens, we're off to the races. So what I'm seeing here is, is some really good action in, in everything. Let me show you an ETF here. This is the, uh, the ARK Innovation ETF. So when you take a look at the ARK Innovation ETF, this is a lot of the investments that I'd be looking for uh, for the next 10 years. Uh, its top holdings include Tesla, Teladoc, Roku, not a big fan of that, but the first two I love, Square, Shopify, Zillow, Zoom Video, Spotify, Baidu, Exact Sciences, Twilio, CRISPR, Unity Software, DocuSign, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are all companies that I believe, or most of these companies, not all of them, these are, most of these companies are companies I believe that will disrupt the future of many, many trillion dollar industries uh, and already doing that. But you can see the difference. The charts I, charts I just showed you all trading near all time highs this fell back and it's still consolidating. It's actually up about a half percent today, but this got crushed yesterday. And my portfolio is down. A lot of our portfolios for clients at Penn Financial Group, which is my money management firm, uh, for our subscribers here at Investor Place, we're down because we are heavily invested in a lot of these growth. But we are also investing for three, five, ten years, not two months. 
So again, it's, you have to, it's not easy to kind of weather this when the market's breaking out that you have to suffer through these pullbacks. But again, over time, it's great. And what I'll show you here is, is what I like. Look at this, a series of higher lows. That's really good. And then this is flat top. This is what you call an ascending triangle because you have higher lows, flat top. If this breaks above 130, I think it runs right back to 155 at the all-time highs, uh, which from there is about a 20% move. That would be a huge breakout for the uh, innovation ETF. Um, so the way I'm looking at this is a lot of people are getting ready to give up on the tech and the long-term and the growth. That is the last thing you should be doing right now. If anything, looking for opportunities in these areas for the breakout. So keep that in mind and keep that in mind when we talk here today. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to get into uh, the top five stocks for 2020, or the roaring 2020s coming up here in a moment. Uh, we're going to go through your stocks first from Twitter, and then we're going to talk about my stocks. Uh, but before we jump into that, two more topics we need to touch on. One is cryptocurrencies and Coinbase right now, or sorry, Coinbase, uh, uh, Bitcoin right now, having a nice run here uh, in the last 24 hours, and especially uh, in the last hour. And again, I don't care if I'm about hours or 24 hours, but in the last hour, it's starting to try to break out. It's around 56,000 right now. Uh, it's earlier in the morning. It's about 10.30 a.m. East Coast time Friday, just so you know. Uh, it's about 56,000, 2.3% in the last hour. In the last 24 hours, it's about 4.2%. For the week, it's up about 8.3%. But for the month, we're down about 3%. So we're consolidating on a longer-term basis. I'm liking the action. I really am. You know, I always base, you know, my, my views on a lot of stuff because I, I own a, a lot of Bitcoin, but I also own a bunch of uh, altcoins that are all over the place. And these are all coins that I don't recommend for subscribers in Ultimate Crypto or, or Crypto Investor Network. I, I partner with Charlie Shrem with these because I can't own those. So I have to do outside ones. And I look at my portfolio and it currently off the all time high, which was set uh, April 15th. So two weeks ago, give or take. Uh, only down about 4% from the all-time high. So um, I'm liking the action and a lot of these underlying altcoins have, been, have done very well. And I, a lot of times I like to see, you know, okay, what's, what's the, the, the best performers here, let's say, in, in the last 24 hours or so. Um, and again, a lot of them are smaller names, uh, some that are in our portfolios, some that aren't. Uh, a lot of them you could buy on, on Coinbase, a lot of them you could buy on uh, Voyager. Uh, so there, there's some great, great small ones out there. I think still have huge upside folks. So I'm sticking with this and I missed out on the dip to 47,000 uh, last weekend. Like I said, 56,000 right now. This weekend, I will tell you, the reason I'm doing this, it's not early, a little bit earlier than normal is my butt's heading down to a great dinner tonight in DC. I'm not gonna tell you where, so I don't want anybody stalking me, but my favorite Russian restaurant. And I've been talking about, I won caviar. Uh, yeah, this was for my birthday, I think back in February. Now it's about to be May tomorrow. Have you yet to get it? I'm getting it tonight. I'm going to drink some vodka, probably too much, and have some amazing caviar. And I'm honestly, um, if you're clients of mine, you're watching this, I'm shutting my phone off till Sunday. Sunday, I'm diving headfirst back in the stock market, don't worry, but I'm literally taking about 24 hours off, which is rare for me to take 24 hours off. But as you can probably notice, I seem a little more well-rested today than I have maybe for the last two weeks. I've been working way too much, burning it at both ends, uh, not sleeping. But last night, I actually slept like eight freaking hours. Went to bed super, super early. As soon as the Eagles made their pick at number uh, 10, they traded up and got uh, the receiver I wanted, Devontae Smith. I was happy, went to bed, turned it off. And I was asleep in two seconds. So we got a good night's sleep, ready to go. I'm feeling better. So this 24 hours I'm going to take off uh, from the markets. 
I, I'm telling you, sometimes I forget you have to recharge your, your battery sometimes because, you know, you live once and, and you only got one body to go around and you got to recharge. Uh, so I'm going to recharge for 24 hours. Sunday, I'm diving back into cryptos and market. That being said, the reason I said this was uh, I might be doing some buying on Sunday because I want to get some more altcoins because I really feel uh, Bitcoin is going to make a run towards 100,000 next six months. And I think these altcoins will absolutely explode. So that's where we stand. Cryptos obviously remain bullish. Um, I'm not going to get, you know, people are saying I'm getting too political. I have yet to take a stance politically on anything. Uh, when I say that I don't like higher taxes, I'm saying that from an investment manager standpoint, from an owner of a, of a newsletter franchise, uh, because I don't want higher taxes to ruin the economy and therefore get people out of the market. So that hurts my business directly. It hurts my money directly. And honestly, it hurts the average folk out there who are in the market. So that's why I'm saying it. I could give a shit if you're left, right, or center. And if you get that upset because I have to talk about politics a little bit, again, not taking sides. From day one, I've said, I do not like politicians on both sides. I worked at Fox News. I've sat down with left, right, and center. I've sat down with all of them. I've sat down with billionaires. You name it, I've sat down with them. And the politicians, to me, 9 out of 10 are sleazy, and that's just how I feel. I think they're, they're, they're not working for us as a people. Um, it's, it's just a joke that they, they, they stand up there again, right and left, and saying, well, we are a people. We're doing this for you. We're representing you. That's bullshit. You're spending too much. You're spending frivolously, and now you need to pay for it, so we're going to tax us. Why don't you let us decide where our money goes? That's where I get irritated. So please don't get mad at me if you think I'm taking a stance that's not agreeable with you. The problem in this woke society we live in, if I don't agree with you or you don't agree with me, I'm an ass or I'm mean, I'm rude or, or something. It's not like that. Uh, if you know anything about me, I would debate politics with you all day over drinks and have fun and smile, laugh, but I'd hug you at the end and say, you know what, thanks for the conversation. I don't take any of this stuff personally, so I don't want you to take it personally. I'm just sharing thoughts that affect our stocks, and I have to do that. I can't ignore what's on the table. So I was going to talk about more stimulus, more tax hikes, but I'm not because I'm in a great mood today, so I don't want to get all riled up and go on a rant talking about that. So let's get into it. Shit. Let's get into uh, top five stocks for the roaring 2020s. And I know I've promised a book by the, by the end of last year. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm shifting things around. Uh, I'm, I'm redoing a few things. I'm putting it more my voice. Uh, I had some people help me, but I'm changing it so it's my voice because this is all about, you know, what I think, honestly. And uh, it, it, will, it will be done. I'll be in Nicaragua in two weeks from tomorrow. I'll be down there a couple of months. And my, my goal is to finish the book while I'm down there, get it to the editors. So uh, a lot of these Roaring 2020 themes, it's, it's going to be the coolest book ever because I'm pulling from so many experts that I, I, that I believe in and I look up to and using their information and putting it into ways that my viewers and my listeners can understand, make it simple, and I can't wait. All right, let's get into it. Drum roll, please. So you can yell it out because I cannot hear you. What everybody thinks the top five stocks that our Twitterverse, our followers, came out with. And let me actually, there's a couple more just came in. Let me see if I can add them in there. Or anything that's going to add to what we have. I'm going through these real quick. Um, okay. So the top two, there was a tie for the top two. And it actually surprises me a little bit. Actually, I take that back. There's a tie for the top three. Two I get, the third one's a complete surprise. So number one, I'm going to start in, uh, by size. Apple, 
Apple was tied for the most votes. So let's go to lovely old Apple here. Take a look at the chart. All right, so I'm gonna little, put a little picture, picture down here so you can see me. So here's uh, Apple, uh, you know, down basically unchanged here today. Had some great numbers, but you know, earnings as of late haven't meant much to uh, meant much to uh, stocks and investors, which is kind of weird. Maybe it's because you know they say, well, Apple already priced it in coming up here. Uh, it's surprising to me that they have not broken out yet because the numbers were truly, truly gangbusters. Uh, I, and again, I can't fault Apple as a pick as one of the top uh, ideas uh, going forward. The only problem I have uh, with Apple is um, it's a $2.24 trillion company. Could it be a $5 trillion company? Absolutely. Um, but to get to a $5 trillion company, that's some big, big numbers. I, I mean, look at the financials. And last year it had $274 billion in sales. Uh, if I take a look at the estimates going forward, uh, we're looking for sales uh, of 2023 of about 380 or so billion, give or take. Um, but again, so if you're trading at $5 trillion, that's, that's going to take a lot to get up there. Um, let me take a look a little bit further out here. And if I take a look at 2025 revenue estimates, let's call it $415 billion. So let's say they, they beat numbers and get to $500 billion. Um, it'd be trading at 10 times sales at the end of, the, of that. So at the end of the roaring 2020s, if it were to hit 5 trillion. So it's doable. I, I think it's doable. I don't know if there's much more above that. So it could easily double, and that's a hell of a return uh, in the next nine years. Uh, so I see why, but again, a little concerned that the growth is slowing because the projected annual growth in the next four years between now and 2025 Top line 5.3 annual, bottom line 4.6. So again, you're looking at something where the PE ratio doesn't look out of whack at 29.7. Uh, what, what, or let's take, take a look forward. Forward PE ratio of 25.7. But what's out of whack though is the PEG ratio, which is PE ratio over growth. Um, that's gonna come in closer to six. Way too high for me. But again, it's Apple. Heck, they may, if they come out with the Apple car, EV, self-driving car, maybe it's a $10 trillion company. I don't know. But um, I do know, I, I will say this, that the upside is, can be only be limited because it is so big. So number two, tied with, uh, tied with Apple, another big company, not quite as big, uh, but this is Tesla. So let's take a look here at Tesla. Uh, Tesla stock, TSLA, as you uh, all know, Again, a company I love and a company that I do think uh, can be worth several trillion dollars. Right now, it's at $667 billion. So uh, I think this could be a $3 trillion company, which is about 4.5x from where it is now. So that's a little bit more upside than we're going to have with Apple. And uh, again, a lot of this depends on the future technology. Uh, EVs obviously are here, and uh, Tesla is a leader here in the United States and overseas. But where I really believe you're going to see the big potential growth and, and the ability for Tesla to get to $3 trillion uh, will be in energy storage, um, uh, battery technology, grid. I think that's where you're going to see it because that's where the margins are actually really high, and that's where the profit's going to come from. So if I look at Tesla, 
Last year reported revenue of about 31 billion in, in 2022. Uh, if I look out to 2025, we're looking at about 131 billion. So the annual growth rate, I just talked about uh, Apple being single digits. For Tesla, top line growth annual 25.4%, bottom line earnings growth 32%. Uh, and we have earnings per share 2025 close to 10 bucks a share. So this to me has a little bit more upside potential, uh, but people love to hate Tesla for some reason. I, I, I don't get it. It's a love hate. I'm definitely a lover uh, of, of this. And, and I think you look at the chart over here, very similar to a lot of the growth, you know, very similar to the arc that we showed you, ARKK, rallied up, pulled back, consolidating. Uh, I, it's probably a good buy between six and seven, especially again, if you're looking at roaring 2020s, uh, this could be a company that is a $3,000 stock, uh, even more maybe, maybe $3,500 stock by the end of the uh, decade, in my opinion. So you, I think you got a 5x potential here for sure. Uh, so not a bad, bad buy here, again, looking out longer term. So number three that was tied, all three of these, um, Apple, Tesla, and the next stock I'm going to mention, all had the most votes. This one is maybe because people follow me, I've talked about it. I don't know. But man, oh man, this truly surprised me. And this is Open Door Technologies, O-P-E-N. And this was uh, a SPAC uh, that went through the Finland Agreement. It's changed its name to Open Door, changed its symbol to O-P-E-N. So Open Door, if you're not familiar with it, Shamath, the, the big uh, SPAC guy, if you will, he was, this is one of his SPACs that he helped uh, put the agreement through. Much smaller company, $11.9 billion. So much, much smaller. I mean, like, 60 sometimes smaller than Tesla, many, many, many times smaller than Apple. It's a digital platform for uh, real estate and residential real estate. And it's, you know, it's helping people buy and sell online. It's kind of going after the Zillow Redfin uh, model. And uh, again, at, at 11.9 billion, let's just call it 12 billion. Uh, I actually love this. And, and all these stocks we're talking about, I'm not gonna tell you how I have exposure to them, uh, whether it's me, uh, whether it's through our newsletters, or whether through it's our clients at Penn Financial Group might own some of these as well. But the first three so far, there's exposure. I have, I have exposure either through myself, uh, my, my newsletter business, or through uh, my money management business, just for full disclosure. So obviously I like all three because I've exposure to all three of them in, in one way or another. So Open Door, though, again, uh, newly traded, you can see here, it was a hot SPAC. All the SPACs got crushed, came all the way down to 16, back up to about 20 and a half right now. Uh, I, I love this stock. And um, you look at estimates uh, for sales. Well, let's take a look back first. Um, last year, about $2.6 billion in, in revenue. Uh, earnings per share uh, came in, losing about $2.37 per share. So losing quite a bit of money, which is, which is not abnormal for an early stage company. We look this year, the estimate is for $4 billion uh, to lose $0.22 cents a share. So obviously losing much less. Next year, $7 billion, $7.2 billion. Uh, $0.32 cents a share losing. 2023, still losing money, $0.17 cents a share. Uh, but we're looking at uh, almost $11 billion in sales. So, um, I mean, but again, look at the chart. You know, it's, 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 but if you take a look at $11 billion, 2023, it's just trading at just over one time sales um, of 2023. So, if you look at it even a little bit further, again, it's tough to get really great numbers looking out really far, but... Um, this is only one analyst covering it. So take it for what it's worth, honestly. But I'm just sharing this with you. The one analyst that covers it believes by 2025 that uh, revenue could hit uh, 18.7 billion. 
and you're looking at the company turning a revenue 2024 timeframe and then a little bit of a revenue here um, in 2025. Uh, if any of these numbers hit or come close, this stock is a, is a many exer from here, if you will. Uh, forecasted revenue growth uh, annually 32%, bottom line earnings about 29% uh, on the upside. So you can see here, man, this is uh, has really big potential because again, we're looking out not two years, three years, we're looking at 10 years. And this is, a, this is a multi-trillion dollar industry, real estate that is, that will be upended. Realtors will be non-existent, non-existent, unless they're doing an online business. You just, you don't need it. Between this and Matterport, which is a SPAC that I love, uh, being able to really virtually walk through homes, you work in AR and VR, augmented reality, virtual reality, you're literally gonna be able to almost feel the walk, put on a mask and walk through uh, a home. So. I, I think this is will be one of the winners. Uh, we have exposure to Zillow. We have exposure to Redfin. Uh, I think there's so many companies in this. And the best way is probably to build a basket. If you're sitting at home, yeah, you buy some Zillow, you buy some Redfin, you buy some Open Door. There's a couple others out there, like smaller ones that I've mentioned before. You build the basket. You say, listen, I'm putting five grand into the future of real estate. You pick five you like and put a thousand in each. Build your own ETF. Uh, but man, oh man, I, I, I love the potential upside that we have here with open high risk, huge reward though, because just think about 2025. If we get to 18.7 billion in sales, you're probably trading, if, if this is true, you get there again, this growth is insane. You're probably trading at least five or six times that. So you're looking at a company that is a 10 Xer from here, a, literally a 10 X from here. So man, I, I can't believe you all picked that, but uh, kudos to you, it's crazy. So, and then there's two more that were tied for number four and number five that I'm sharing. Again, this one is no surprise. Uh, this one here is NVIDIA, NVDA. Stock broke out, as you can see here, to an all-time high on some great numbers, consolidating. This is just an amazing looking company. You know, this I have some exposure to already. Uh, again, all four of that exposure to. Um, and number five I have exposure to as well. It's crazy. Maybe it's because you guys follow me or maybe you're just super smart or maybe we're all nuts. Who knows? Uh, but I love NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA to me is, I mean, they are everywhere you want to be. Uh, their chips, uh, their GPUs are in everything from uh, blockchain, Bitcoin mining, uh, to gaming, AR, VR, um, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, uh, data centers, all hyper growth areas. I mean, my goodness, they're just a leader. It's about a $380 billion company. So not as big as Tesla and Apple, but it is a very big company. Uh, last year in 2020, they had revenue about 16.6 billion. And um, that was, man, that was growth of about 60%, 50% or so, 56% of a year before. Uh, we're looking this, uh, this fiscal year, 22.4 billion up to 25, up to 28. So it slows a little bit, uh, but earnings per share, uh, 2024 fiscal year uh, is looking around 1743. So not really trading outlandish to me. Uh, the forward PE ratio is 40, uh, the forward price to sales 15, but the, forward, uh, the peg ratio, uh, which again measures the PE, but also takes growth in consideration because that's very important, uh, 1.69 that's actually not a high level. So uh, even though you know, it is a big company, even though it's had a hell of a run, it, to me, it's still a nice valuation, all, all things considered. And the estimate for the 2025 uh, fiscal year, $38 billion in sales. Top line's expected to be growing yearly 14.2%, bottom line 147 
I love NVIDIA long-term. And this is one where, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to weather the ups and downs, but let me show you something here in the chart. I'm gonna go back a little bit further uh, and look at, it's, it's had pullbacks. You really may not be able to see this, but uh, the pullback that you can see right here in 2017, that was actually a really sizable pullback. That was bear market territory pullback. Uh, another one right here, uh, end of 2017. Uh, then we had end of 2018, the stock fell from 240 down to about 80 bucks, lost about two thirds of its value, rallied back up to about 180, back down again. Uh, I mean, there's been many, many 20% plus pullbacks there, right, just recently uh, over this time frame. So keep that in mind. Uh, it's not abnormal to see big types of pullbacks like this. I mean, look, just, just this year, folks, you know, the stock was up around. 610 and it fell all the way back to around what 465 i believe it was yeah uh 610 to 465 so 100 pullback could you have weathered that a lot of people couldn't and then six weeks later it's at a new all-time high so you need to keep that in mind uh this this type of stock these these long-term stocks you're going to deal with corrections and, and when i talk about corrections, i'm talking about individual stocks not the market but you will with the market too you're going to deal with corrections in your stocks you're going to deal with multiple bear markets in your stocks i mean it's I'm, I'm telling you folks this is this is part of not being easy but being simple so then number five rounding it out with the same amount of votes as we had for crispr uh, for NVIDIA, there we go, give it away, is CRISPR, uh, CRSP, which is CRISPR Therapeutics. Uh, to me, so far, the leader in CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing. Uh, this is a, a stock extremely risky on the upside, but huge upside potential because, you know, it's already proven that it is so far cured. It's not, it's only been, you know, a year or two since this has happened, but has cured uh, a woman with sickle cell disease, which prior to that has never, never had a cure. And this was done through gene editing. It's a $10.2 billion company. Again, we have exposure to this stock as well. Um, I, I love this company because I think this will be the one that comes out. However, there are several stocks in the gene editing. And my subscribers know what they are because we have a whole basket. You cannot buy just one. Uh, there are five, five we have exposure to right now. And there's a couple others that, that have some exposure to the gene editing, as well, gene editing as well. But the five that we have in our early stage investor um, uh, portfolio, a newsletter for subscribers, you got to own all five because I don't know. CRISPR could come out and fail. And one of the others does well. It's so worth it, folks. The basket approach when it comes to sectors like this is the only way to go. CRISPR had a great run-up, and then look at it. With everything else, it got sold off. So could you have been able to withstand as investor in over 50? It's about a 60% pullback. So 60% of it went down. I mean, look at this. 60%. I mean, this is insane. I mean, I'm gonna see, I can actually tell you the number if I can get this cursor to work, right? How much it pulled back to this intraday low um, give or take uh, about a 55% pullback. So 60 is a lot, but a 55% pullback over half of it's gone. Most people could never do that. But folks, keep in mind one year ago, this stock was at $70. Now it's at 134. So in one year, you're up about 90%. But again, you had to deal with that pullback. That's the only way to invest for the roaring 2020s. There will be volatility. We live in a world now that news is such BS. It's so um, exaggerated uh, and, and extraordinarily nuts just because we need to get clicks and eyeballs 
that people believe this stuff and people can manipulate things and we have social media so things can move up and down so fast. So we're going to see more corrections, more bear markets going forward than ever before. But do you know what that means? And I swear the White House stole this from me because I said it last uh, April. Crisis equals opportunity, which is why I put out the crisis and opportunity portfolio in the beginning of April last year. And this portfolio is up over 150% right now as a whole. In, in these crises, crises that are going to be created by, I don't hate the word of fake news, but just exaggerated news and social media will create great long-term opportunities. So companies like CRISPR like this, like NVIDIA, that suffer 20, 30, 40% pullbacks in the next 10 years, those are all buying opportunities if you believe they're one of the top stocks. So let's just go through these again. These are the top five as voted by you at home. CRISPR Therapeutics, you know, leader in gene editing. Um, NVIDIA, leader in chips. I mean, it's got its, its fingers in everything. Open Door Technologies, this was the surprise. You know, if you have the Oscar surprise winner, this is the surprise winner here. Future of real estate. Uh, Tesla, no surprise here, but leader in electric vehicle technology. Also, uh, to me, a leader in battery storage, very important as well. And then, of course, the world's largest company right now, Apple, no surprise there. Could be a double, but tough to get much more out of it uh, going forward. Um, I'm not how far we into the show. This show may go a little longer than I expected. But as I promised, I'm going to share my top five. And it was hard to come up with because what I did is many of you know I have three kind of baskets of stocks. I have the stocks that I own for myself and family. Uh, and, and because they can't go over it with my other baskets. And they're all separate baskets. There's my basket of stocks that I personally have my money in. Then there's a basket of stocks for my clients at Penn Financial Group, which is my money management firm I've had for 18 years. We don't mix and match. I don't own what they, what they own, and they don't own what I own, vice versa. Then there's a third basket, and that's all my newsletters. Investment opportunities, early stage investor, you name it. All the uh, newsletters have another one. And the question I always get, and for new people, I'll answer it really quick. How do you pick the best one? I don't know what the best one is. You know my approach, it's basket approach. Uh, we need to invest in a, in, in a bunch of them uh, because that's the only way to do it, diversify into many, many uh, growth sectors going out, uh, trends I think that will be strong, not only today, tomorrow, but 10 years from now. And that's an approach we take for my own money, for my clients' money, and for subscribers' money. But none of them cross over. So I pulled stocks from my top five from all three. And again, I'm not gonna tell you which one they fall into because I think people when they hear that I own something, they wanna buy it and that's not fair to tell people what I own, I don't think. So let's get into it. And uh, I actually cheated because I couldn't make it down to five, so I have more. And I'm gonna go through these pretty quickly. Uh, and these are in no specific order. One is NIO, which is NIO, and it's actually having a nice day today, 4.4%. They had earnings last night. This is uh, basically, they call it the Tesla of China. This is uh, one of the leading stocks um, in China for EVs. I, I, I absolutely love this company. Um, I, I think there's huge upside. I think it's a great buying opportunity down here. Uh, this is one I'm willing to, uh, that I think could do, do a huge winner uh, during the roaring 2020s because China is going to be the large, largest market for electric vehicles. It's a $67 billion company right now. Uh, it's still just starting to grow. Last year it did $2.35 billion in sales. Uh, but the thing is by 2023, just two years from now, looking at $12.5 billion in sales. Looking to turn uh, its first profit next year, that's pretty impressive as well. Uh, it's got its path to profitability. We always love to see that. 
Uh, if I look at a little bit further to 2025, um, we have we have sales. Uh, hold on, I need to convert this because I'm looking at a uh, Chinese yuan right now. Uh, 2025, we're looking for sales about 21.6 billion dollars. Um, it's trading at three times that right now, three times sales based on that. That to me, man, I, I got to tell you, I think there's huge upside. Annual revenue growth next four years, top line growth 31%, bottom line growth 87%. Uh, so again, looking to be profitable next year. I, I, I love this company. It's just, it's, uh, it's. You have to deal with the whole China aspect that you never know what can happen over there, but you never know what can happen here either. So I, I don't want to, uh, any country, any government, I don't trust any of them. So that's one. Uh, we're going to keep going here though. This one I already talked about, but this is one of my favorites too, Open Door. Now, I don't need to talk about it anymore, but that is one of my favorites as well. So that's number two. Uh, number three uh, is Palantir, PLTR. And this actually got uh, vote-wise this would have been a top 10 from, from everybody online. This actually would have been number six, tied for number six when it comes to votes. Um, yeah, would have been, oh, sorry, tied for number seven when it comes to votes. Number six was square. Tied for number seven in votes. Uh, so Palantir, recent IPO, PLTR. It's one of those companies where it's all about data and artificial intelligence. Uh, a lot of government contracts, $42 billion company. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to explain exactly what they do. Uh, but I see huge upside potential with this. Uh, Valuation-wise right now, uh, it looks very expensive in the near term. Uh, that being said, uh, big, big upside potential. Uh, revenue growth, 23.4%, but the bottom line, annual growth, 68.1%. Uh, revenues going from uh, last year about $1 billion to uh, about 4.1 in four years, so about 4X in four years. Uh, profitable in, in, in 2023, most likely. Again, path to profitability, uh, it, it big intelligence community uh, contracts with the United States, uh, counterterrorism, amazing with analytics. I, I think this is one of those under the radar stocks uh, right here, right now. So that's, that's another one on my list. Uh, we're going to go back to China. And you can think I'm crazy. A lot of people hate China, hate Chinese stocks. But for me, when it comes to China, there's a lot of opportunity right now. A lot of stocks have been beaten down. But again, I'm looking long term. This is JD.com, a $121 billion company. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think by the end of the roaring 20s, this could be a trillion dollar company. Uh, and, and, uh, and I'll tell you why, because it's really cheap right now. It trades with a price to sales ratio, a forward price to sales ratio of 0.69. That's insanely cheap. Uh, it trades with a forward PE ratio of about 29, a peg ratio below one. Um, a company, like as I mentioned, $121 billion company, uh, and let's pull up the chart here for you, $121 billion company, uh, but last year did $108 billion in sales. So it's, it's so cheaply valued compared to its U.S. counterparts. Uh, by 2023, looking to make $3.50 a share, uh, where we're trading here, that's a little over a 20 uh, price, uh, price to earnings ratio in 2023 for a growth stock like this. Insanity. Uh, you look at uh, the... Revenue projections for 2023, $210 billion. So you're looking at almost, what, 0.5 price of sales based on that? It's like almost I'm missing something. There are some things going on in China right now that the, the government's cracking down on some of these stocks. But again, uh, when I'm looking out uh, further, again, we're looking at the, the end of the 2020, 2020s, folks. So you're looking way out. But the projection here, uh, looking out for the you know, uh, revenue, uh, Going out a little bit further, so I'm trying to do uh, some convergence here in my head. Uh, Chinese yuan, 
this thing's trading at, at you know less than one times next year's sales. So I, I, I love the upside potential. I, I think this could be a huge winner. Again, a little high risk maybe, but not too much because I, I, I do see huge potential here. So that is number four. Number five, I'm gonna start getting some crazier ones here. Um, number five is kind of a one-two one punch, uh, if you will. This is Garden Holdings, GH. This is one of the leaders um, in liquid biopsies, which to me uh, is truly uh, the future of, of medical detection and prevention, being able to get a blood test and knowing if you have cancer. Uh, it, it, they just came out uh, the, today, actually, early today, and showing that their uh, reveal uh, blood-only liquid biopsy test um, uh, for uh, colon cancer uh, predicts the risk for colon cancer uh, and uh, for cancer reoccurrence with a great sensitivity. I mean, this stuff is great. I mean, th this is just such amazing and, and, and cool news going forward for, for the, and just humanity, honestly. So GH is one that, that I think uh, is a game changer. It probably gets bought, unfortunately. It doesn't get its full upside potential. $16.1 billion company. Uh, last year, $286 million in sales. Uh, looking out, two years, $672 million in sales. Again, th these are ones that you're looking at long-term. It's not gonna be a great value play here because people are, are seeing the same thing that I'm seeing, the huge upside potential. Uh, but again, by 2025, should be well over 1.1 billion in sales. Uh, top line growth, about 24%. Bottom line growth is very small, single digits, because it's really not having that path to profitability yet. But I think you will see that uh, down the road. And again, probably taken out at a price that's uh, too low. But it, this could be a $100 billion company in my mind. Uh, sticking with this, again, we're going back to China because you know what happens here, what happened in China in my mind, this is burning rock. Uh, this is a company that is the leader of um, uh, liquid biopsies in China. Much smaller company at about $3 billion valuation. Uh, but again, uh, big upside potential in my opinion for this. This is stock that's flying under the radar. Financials last year uh, brought in about $62.3 million in sales. Uh, looking out 2023, it's going to go up to about $210 million in sales. So you're seeing some nice growth here uh, with Burning Rock. And then uh, looking out... Uh, to 2025, sorry, I have to keep doing these uh, conversions from the yuan, um, looking around 350 million in sales. Uh, high risk for this, you know, revenue growth uh, potential, 29% annual growth, but again, uh, choppy chart all over the place. Can you withstand the ups and downs? Uh, that's up to you. But liquid biopsies to me is one of those game changers that nobody's really talking about. ARK Investment talks about it, but uh, game changer out there. Another one that's just sticking real quick with the, uh, and those are my five, five, five and a half. Here's my number six and a half. This is Twist Bioscience. Very interesting play. Again, I don't think there's many people out there talking about this stock. Uh, it's only a $6.6 .6 billion company. Uh, the financials are, are very small right now. This is uh, looking up big time. Only uh, $90 million in sales last year, 2023, looking at $200 million in sales. Uh, but what I love about this company is, uh, it's working with a lot of big companies. Uh, Bill Gates has uh, some skin in the game here, but it's synthetic biology. And if you take a look at the chart here, it's kind of choppy, but uh, it's still moving higher. Uh, they have a, a DNA synth synthesis platform that they use um, semiconductor-based, semiconductor-based DNA. And uh, you're able to use this DNA um, uh, to um, 
uh, to store things as data, like storing things on uh, synthetic DNA. The amount of, think about how much you could store on synthetic DNA. Uh, I think the upside for, for Twist is insane. Again, very high risk uh, uh, stock in my opinion. But if I'm looking out, I, I think there's huge, huge potential in a stock like this. Uh, no, not going to be profitable anytime soon, but again, changing the way uh, we view the world and changing the way uh, that health and data uh, will be uh, analyzed. Um, I will say I'm a CRISPR. I'm doing my top 10 list because I can cheat because I'm the host. I have CRISPR on a top 10 list. I think that's one I have on there. Uh, another one that I have on there is Schrodinger, uh, STGR. Uh, again, this is a this is a, pl a company that is a combination of two amazing technologies, um, biotech, drug discovery, and AI, artificial intelligence. It's about a $5.4 billion company. Revenue last year about $108 million, uh, but by 25 looking for like $600 million. So you're looking like 6x, uh, big upside potential. Uh, Schrodinger to me is, again, one that's under the radar. You're going to deal with dips like this. Uh, you can see that dip up there. You're going to deal with those types of dips. It's just what happens in companies like this. But their drug discovery platform using artificial intelligence, uh, especially showing how quickly we can come up uh, with uh, new drugs, uh, aka vaccine in a year. Loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this company. And uh, I, again, uh, higher risk than normal, but it, it's one I want you to keep an eye on. Two more. Uh, we'll end with, uh, not end with, two more. But this is um, uh, Volkswagen, and this is a much bigger company, obviously. And I, I think, though, that Volkswagen uh, will uh, be up there with Tesla as the leader in EV electric vehicles. $160 billion company, so largest, uh, I believe right now it's considered the largest uh, auto manufacturer in the world, not by market cap, but by sales. It's, you know, I started talking about the stock back here, folks. You know it, then around 15, uh, even before that, ran up to 50, now it's back down to 30. I, I think this is a stock you need to keep an eye on. As I mentioned, $160 billion valuation. Did $220 billion in sales last year. Uh, so that tells you kind of where you're standing. Uh, trading, trading with a uh, price of sales uh, below one. Uh, if I look out a little bit further here, uh, I'm going to pull them up the numbers here for you. You're not seeing huge top line growth. It's like 5%, but it is, it is an auto manufacturer. But you are seeing um, earnings in the bottom line uh, really improve. So again, I got to do a little bit of a uh, conversion here from euro uh, for you uh, to USD. So you're looking at about $53 a share, but this is for the uh, European version, which is currently, boy, this makes it real, so much tougher when I'm converting all this stuff. Should have done it ahead of time, but you all know me. So that's based on trading at 216 euro per share right now. So, but okay, let's take that number. Let's go back. So 44, it's expected to have 44 uh, euro uh, per share in earnings in 2025. Right now, it's trading at 216 euro. Uh, so let's take 440 and let's give it a 20 multiple. That's uh, pretty easy to do. That's 880. That's looking at a stock that's a 4x from here in four years if it hits that. Uh, so 4x from here would be about $125 a share. Not saying that's my target, but I'm saying that there is upside potential with Volkswagen. As big as it is, there is upside potential. The last one I'm going to look at, and this is a, uh, how many did I give you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten, and then, you know, two for liquid biopsy, and then two for 3D printing. Everybody knows I love 3D printing. Uh, DM is uh, desktop metal, was a SPAC, 
ran up huge uh, and then made it uh, a little bit of a, of a pullback here. You can see in the chart, uh, built a base back then at 10 and change rallying up. I still think there's big upside potential for desktop metal. Uh, DM is a uh, is leader in the space, but it's only about a $3.5 billion uh, market cap. And if you take a look at the numbers, uh, only 16 million in sales last year. So the very, very early stage company looking for 101 million this year, up to 300, 350 million by 2023. So you, you do see this uh, amazing growth coming on. So it's not like we're investing in something that's a prayer. Uh, to me, I, I believe there's big upside potential. By 2025, the projections are that we're going to be close to 900 million in sales. That, that's where you get the, the valuation now. Uh, looking at top line growth, 42% annual top line growth. Looking at bottom line earnings growth, about 67.5% uh, bottom line growth should be profitable uh, in 2023, uh, which, which I love to see. Uh, you know, that's, that's right around the corner for a company like this to turn profitable in 2023. Uh, by 2025, uh, I think the company could be making well over a dollar a share. One to keep an eye on because I think 3D printing is going to upend so many industries, but really uh, manufacturing, uh, anything industrial, and that's a multi, multi-global trillion dollar uh, industry. Another smaller one in that area is still a SPAC. Uh, it's one, the symbol is A-O-N-E. Uh, they have a definitive agreement to merge with Market Forged, uh, and merger should go through this quarter if all goes well. And again, ran up to $15 on the news, back down to 10.06 where it started, unbelievable. Uh, again, a company that I look at that I believe Look at 3D printing, but when it comes to 3D printing, very similar to a lot of these trends, you got to do a basket approach. You can't come at it and say, I'm going to pick the winner because if you're wrong, you're wrong. You could lose 80%, 90%, you lose everything. And uh, that's, that's why you have to, to take that basket approach with all these themes. So I, I hope everybody loved this show because I love sharing it. And again, none of, I'm not telling you to go out to buy any of these, these, these stocks. Because we have exposure to a lot of them doesn't mean they're, they're the best plays. Also, keep in mind these exposures that we have, uh, whether in a newsletter, they're in a basket, they're not just bought one, one, one at a time. If I have it in my portfolio, I have, a, I have a, a plan that I'm doing it. If it's in Penn Financial Group clients, it's within a portfolio we've built. It's a plan for them. It's not just willy-nilly buying stocks. So none of these, these recommendations are buy or sell recommendations. We got the spiders right now before we wrap the show, down about two-thirds of percent. We have the NASDAQ right now, down about a half percent. So we're pulling back here a little bit, um, but again, just off all-time highs. Overall, I think things look great, folks, um, and I think you want to stay long. But give me some feedback on the comments below. Like, subscribe. Let me know what you thought uh, of this show, sharing these. I, I love sharing ideas, uh, and if you can see here, I, I did a lot of this by hand. I'll show you real quick, but two pages full of ideas that people have come up with, and uh, maybe I'll go through these and do a show one day of kind of the leftovers, the, the ones that didn't make it into the, uh, the top five and share those with you. Anyway. Have a wonderful freaking weekend. Thanks for watching. I uh, hope you enjoy that I'm back now. My energy's back, a little bit more optimistic, but we all hit lulls in time. I always say I felt for people, you know, even myself when I used to do a daily TV show on Fox, I was there every day, Monday through Friday. Didn't get there till 6 p.m. I'd already been up for 15 hours at that time, worked all day, got in there, had to put on my makeup, I didn't put it on, but they put on my makeup, made my hair, got the suit on, went out there, live TV for an hour. It's not hard when you're having rough times, you're tired. Uh, so I, I gotta tell you, so, uh, I'm not looking for sympathy or empathy. Just letting you know I'm back. I feel much better. I'm going to have a great weekend. I'm going to enjoy my vodka. I'm going to enjoy my caviar. I hope you go out and do something and, and treat yourself and enjoy it too. Um, but, you know, you live once. Let's enjoy this. Get out there. Hug somebody. Tell me you love them. Be safe, number one. And uh, any comments, questions below, please put them. But, again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for watching. 
Uh, I really do appreciate it. My team appreciates it. Uh, any questions on our subscriptions, let us know. Any, any comments on uh, me, any comments on Penn Financial Group, put them in the comments below. We'll get back to you. Uh, but we're here for you. Uh, that's why we do this every uh, Tuesday and Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, and thank you so much. I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Money Line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com. <laughs>